cold of silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 2nd, 2009. For the newcomers, I always suggest you look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, and you can listen to hundreds of hours of talks I've given in the past for free. And you can also uh, see on the front page there all the other sites I have up there. Uh, sometimes it's good to choose one of them for downloading because if they're all going into the comm site at the same time as frequently does after the show uh, it can be kind of it kind of jams it up and it can take longer so if you bookmark these other sites you can always get through much quicker generally anyway there's cuttingthrough.jankness.com there's cuttingthroughthematrix.net.us.ca there's alanwattcuttingthroughthematrix.ca and there's alanwattsentinel.eu the last one has all the same audios for download, but as additional additional uh, transcripts for download of some of the talks written in the other or various languages of Europe. And remember too that you are the listeners who bring me to you. I'm not backed by anybody. I'm not after a career. I'm only out here because this has to be done now, uh, uh, as we go through the biggest changes, uh, according to the big boys themselves, uh, that's happened on the planet at least since the Industrial Revolution at the beginning of it and masses of people will be transferred from one place to another by various means, even warfare, and uh, we're going through the transitional stage for the century of change. So I had to come out, and at least since 2001, came out, I was on the air before then, on other shows, but in 2001 I, I knew darn well where we were headed, because this was the kickoff for the, the changing of the entire world society, as those who are in control of the world and who have worked steadily for a global system which they dominate, of course, uh, would come into existence and we're living through it. We're living through the greatest changes. Most folk are oblivious to it because they're completely brainwashed. And there is such a thing as total brainwashing. It works very well. And so you, you bring me to, to you, the listeners, not back the advertisers. The ads on this show here are paid straight by the companies to RBN for the radio time and for the staff, technicians, and their equipments upkeep and their bills so it's up to you to keep me going and you can find out how to do it by looking into cuttingthroughmatrix.com website you'll see uh, the boxes there you can you can actually buy things uh, i have for sale on the website or you can donate to me and remember the paypal button there is you can actually use it for donations and for payments if you send me a, a separate email that you want to buy something personal checks are good for canada and the u.s cashed here. Uh, international postal money orders are good uh, from the United States. You get them from the post office. You must get international postal money order. And outside of the Americas, you can use MoneyGram, Western Union, and some people just uh, send the cash. And the changes, as I say, are, are tremendous uh, that we're going through. We tend to get caught up in the news and that's what it's for too is to keep you in a sort of stunned punch drunk state where most people and this is how it works they turn off they switch off 
is to get hit with one either real crisis or a created crisis or a mythological crisis. Most of them are just phony uh, after another until they switch off to important things and they're being trained by this method to be domesticated, to allow yourself to be governed like an animal would be by the farmer. And therefore they're taught to, to just stay down there, play themselves, have fun, and uh, don't participate in the big changes uh, that lots of people at the top want to bring about. Just stay out of it. What can you do? Uh, be happy. And of course the New Age tells you not to look at anything that's negative. Well, that's total domestication. They've been disabled. I'll be back with more of this after these messages. through the matrix and as I said before the break there most folk are disabled have been disabled by their conditioning and overwhelmed by the incessant especially since 2001 the incessant crisis one after another as they push us through the greening thing or the carbon thing uh, the terrorism thing or the plague thing uh, the depression, financial crash thing, uh, one thing after another. Just amazing, isn't it? All this happens. And I'm sure it was written years ago and they have all these bills on the shelves, probably back in the 1920s, where they pull them off one at a time for every year. Uh, that's how they really plan the world and you plan the future. Most folk, again, will say that's ridiculous. You know, how could anybody rule the world and plan? Well, it's ruled already. We're already global. We've been global for a long time. And the ceiling of the globalism when it was really done when all the countries signed on at the end of World War II to the United Nations because the whole idea of the United Nations was to set up not just a, a talking place for countries to negotiate or argue over, over a table it was actually set up with every department that you have in your federal government or your local government from politics right down, and economy right down to um, how many washers should be in your taps and your kitchen sink. They have departments for everything at the United Nations. It was set up to be at least a front for a world government, and it is a front. It's a front organization. Again, often mistaken to an extent by people as being utterly left-wing or communistic. And that's what Carl Quigley said about the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Uh, Council of Foreign Relations, same thing. It was often mistaken for being communistic. People couldn't get that through their head. They can't quite, quite click when it comes to very rich bankers, international bankers, that helped form the nucleus of the Council of Foreign Relations, uh, setting up a communistic society. But you see, they like collectivism. They like governments to deal with, with it as being bankers. It's better than individual loans from individual people that maybe can't pay you back and there's nothing to, to steal from them. Basically, they, they steal from you with all their incredible uh, interest rates. When governments sign, uh, borrow money from them, they guarantee that the slaves underneath them and, and generations to come will pay back the debt. That's a better deal for the bankers. But they wanted a world system under a world authority to guarantee that no country could opt out or renege on its deal or its debt. So they set up the United Nations, and it's far better, again, to have a controlled, dumbed-down society 
with a fake reality altogether, uh, run it in a collectivist, socialist fashion. That's how fascism really is supposed to work. The fascists are at the top. They have a massive bureaucracy underneath them, and you have the masses of people underneath that, run by the bureaucrats and the agencies. It's also semi-privatized. See, private corporations and private militaries and even private police forces are not responsible to the public. You have to go through so many hoops and so on with, with uh, legal cases, apart from never having to have enough money to fight such a case, uh, even if a country tried to do it, um, individuals certainly couldn't do it. Uh, it could take, they could spin it off for 20 years, 30 years at a time per case. That's why they have very important things now to do with force being privatized. And it's the same thing with the privatization, this public-private partnership. The true definition of fascism uh, deals with your roadways and also now going along for your foodstuffs. Everything you need to survive as an individual uh, will have to go through these agencies and they're not responsible to the public. It's beautiful, isn't it? A new form, as Quigley said, Professor Carl Quigley, a new form of feudalism, a feudalistic society where CEOs of international corporations are the new feudal overlords. That's already here. It's been here for a long time. I've mentioned the movie a few times called Rollerball. It was one of the first movies, and they really do put it in your face because in, there are certain people in Hollywood who are well aware of the agenda uh, and uh, they put these movies out uh, with one side for the general public to blow bubble gum and eat popcorn and forget all about it and condition us to what, for what's to come. But they also put it out there for an insider thing. The big boys like to go and see the stuff that's coming along that they've planned. So there's two ways to look at everything. And in Rollerball, they talked about the, the corporate wars and the privatization until the world is run by basically a company. A company. And sports, of course, is the big thing for people to do. That's all they can do is just watch sports and cheer and shout and boo and hiss. And it gets more and more violent as time goes on. But interestingly, the whole plot of the movie is, just, is not to let the leader of a team win because he was very, very popular uh, and they wanted to show that teamwork was the only way that anything could work. Individuality had to be eliminated. That was the whole plot of the movie. Individualism according to the United Nations, is the worst threat that they have to peace, world peace. And again, it's hard for the Joe Averages who really, really think that things are happening by the day and, and uh, the sky's falling tomorrow and, and carbon dioxide's falling the next day and, and you'll get roasted off the planet uh, and then it goes back to uh, icing off the planet uh, back and forth. And they, like, like the characters in 1984... Uh, they're able to have many different opinions on the same topic in their head at the same time and still think they're sane. That's amazing, isn't it? How they can actually do that because they don't think logically through anything. That's total conditioning. The International Monetary Fund I talked about a few times in the past and I mentioned how it was set up at Bretton Woods Agreement and John Maynard Keynes, a top world globalist socialist, and a, an arrogant uh, elitist too, because they are the top. People don't think that, they, but the socialists are very arrogant, very elitist, and all eugenicists and so on. Um, he set up the system, supposedly he's given all the credit for it. And I've read from his own book where he said that this is really the first part, and, and Bretton Woods, Woods part two, 
would come after he was dead and those alive in that, in that day in the 1940s after they were all dead he says that would come in then and sure enough they all died and here we are uh, later about 50 odd years later 60 years later and the part two is coming in because the International Monetary Fund has now been risen uh, with a planned crash you see a planned crash uh, to its proper status as he said it would be as a, a form of global ruler the one central bank system uh, that's to run us all. And no one's objecting to this. Every country's on board because everybody at the top of every country that's on board is bought and paid for, you see. Not by the public. We pay for them, certainly. But they also get big paychecks from other sources. They're all vetted and they're all uh, brown nosers, basically. They, they have sold their souls out and they'll do anything they're told to get their part of the agenda through. They have no affinity with any particular country and they have no particular love for any people even within the countries in which they're born this article here is from the Huffington Post and just to, before I go into this article on the IMF technically if we went through a depression and the banks all went kaput technically uh, why aren't we going to the to the banks or, or to the stores with a barrow full of paper notes for a loaf of bread like they did in the Great Depression and then in World War, uh, post-war Germany. Why didn't it happen? It, it's all a con game, isn't it? It's a pure con game. It's numbers are simply shuffled around. That's all. It's numbers. It's numbers that racket money itself in accounting and economics today is a, a numbers racket. That's all it is. That's all it is. And it's only a means to an end for those who control the world. See, we have to believe in money. We have to believe that, hey, I give you these five bucks, I expect this. You know? We have to believe that. The big boys at the top already own the resources of the planet. They own the governments. They own the legal system. They own the law enforcement. They own the military. And they're moving the system into a new system. And eventually, as we go through a stage of hyper-taxation and 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 we'll get billed for all the carbon that it took to make that uh, whatever is it you, you're eating that donut, uh, and you're billed and billed and billed. There's nothing left. It'll come out to you know you get so much and equals zero at the end of the week. You're working for nothing, and then you won't have to get that money anymore. They'll give you credits, as Lord Bertrand Russell said they would, which you cannot save up by the way, because in this equal system they're bringing in equal for the masses down below the bureaucrats. That is. Uh, you, you'll start with the same sum every Monday. And there'll be no private property. Private property is going to be eliminated over the years, next few years, as I've said at the top too. All these big boys have said it. Private property must be eliminated. And they'll do it through agencies, government agencies, and carbon outputs and uh, uh, inefficiency of insulation, etc., 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 until you're out. And only the big Corporations, again, will have rentals. Guess we are in the big overcrowded cities. That will only last for 50 years. And once we've gone through the periods of riots, as the population gets taken down, uh, then they can destroy those cities if they want. They don't really need them. They can build afresh for the survivors, you know, the small population they plan to have in the, in the, after the 1950s or so. Back to the Huffington Post, it says, the International Monetary Fund catapults from shunned agency to global central bank 
October the 1st. And it goes on about, um, it says, a year ago, uh, said law professor Ross Buckley on Australia's ABC News last week, nobody wanted to know the International Monetary Fund. Now it's the organizer for the International Stimulus Package, which has been sold to us as a stimulus package for poor countries. That was the, the front that the IMF always had. International Monetary Fund may have catapulted to a more exalted status than that, according to Jim Rickards, Director of Market Intelligence for a scientific consulting firm, Omnis. The unannounced proposal of last week's G20 summit in Pittsburgh was that the IMF is being anointed as the global central bank. Back with more after this break. Through the Matrix, reading from an article about the International Monetary Fund from the Huffington Post. And it said that uh, after the last G20 summit in Pittsburgh, the International Monetary Fund is being anointed as the global central bank. Rickards said in a CNBC interview on September 25th that the plan is for the IMF to issue a global reserve currency that can replace the dollar. They've issued debt for the first time in history, said Rickards, that's the IMF. They're issuing SDRs. The last SDRs came out around 1980 or 81, $30 billion worth. Now they're issuing $300 billion. When I say they're issuing it, it's printing money. There's nothing behind these SDRs. And they don't have to really put anything, but they've got away with it for long enough. We've been off the gold standard for a long time. SDRs, or special drawing rights, are a synthetic currency originally created by the International Monetary Fund to replace gold and silver in large international transactions, but they've been little used until now. Why does the world suddenly need a new global fiat currency and global central bank? Because says it's because of Triffin's dilemma, a problem first noted by economist Robert Triffin in the 1960s. When the world went off the gold standard, a reserve currency had to be provided by some large currency country to service global trade. But leaving its currency out there for international purposes meant that the country would have to continually buy more than it sold, running large deficits, and that meant it would eventually go broke. The U.S. has fueled the world economy for the last 50 years, but now it's going broke. The U.S. can settle its debts and get its own house in order, but that would cause world trade to contract. A substitute global reserve currency is needed to fuel the, the global economy while the U.S. solves its debt problems, and that new currency is to be the International Monetary Fund's SDRs. So everything is going as planned, obviously, because as I said, uh, that the man who was the overseer, supposedly the, the guy who dreamed up uh, the whole agenda, uh, at the Bretton Woods conference, uh, John Maynard Keynes said that in part two would come around, after his lifetime, in around 50 years or so. And that's exactly what's happening. It's been brought up to its proper position. Remember, in the world, in a global system, where we become one, and that's what UN stands for, it's one in French, one, then there can only be one big bank at the top and one big company which will have eventually control of all roads across the planet. 
You wait and see, is amalgamating, amalgamating. It's all pre-planned who's amalgamating with whom. And one food company for the planet, we, we pretty well know who that'll be. And that's, that's how you put the, uh, everything into the controller's hands. It, it, it really is that way. It really is that way. If we were all wild animals, we wouldn't be in this trap. But domestication is really done on humanity the same way it's been done on animals. It worked with animals, and animals who are domesticated or which are domesticated, if you put them in a, a pen or a field, they like the field eventually. They're, they're used to it. They don't like a change. Sheep get very nervous about change. And the farmer that comes up and, and throws out the food to them, uh, they don't mind at all. They're used to them. They don't know that they're owned by the farmer. They don't know that. They're happy grazing away. And if the farmer needs uh, to, to some meat, he doesn't come in and butcher one of them in front of the others. He, he coaxes it off to the side and out and somewhere else. Then he'll, he'll kill it and slaughter it and sell it or eat it or whatever. That's what you do. And that, that's, what they're, that's why they're called domesticated. Their instincts for self-preservation have been completely blunted. And that's what's happened to humanity too. You must domesticate the species to control them. And that's also the technique that's used to domesticate the people is by making them feel that they're completely unimportant, that every individual is unimportant at the bottom. If you're not born into power, you're not up there on television or, or, or in a status as a professor at some big high university, you feel powerless. And that's what you, how you're intended to feel. In fact, you're told really to worship these people and to feel humble in front of them, which is all nonsense because, believe you me, they use the same kind of toilet as you do. And they pull their pants down and sit in the toilet the same way as you do. And they flush it as well the same way as you do. Yeah, that's what happens with them. You can really deify people through techniques, but they're still just people. It doesn't matter what they say. And it doesn't matter how many little letters are put behind their names. They're just the same as you. But it's all convincing you that if you don't have all of that, then you're nothing. And when they go through to, to the kill method at the end, as we're going through now since 2001, they teach you humiliation. They teach you to be scared of authority and to take your belt off, for instance, and hold your pants up as you're walking through airports in your, in your stocking feet. That's called humiliating the, 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 the convict. That's what you did, they've done in prisons and stuff for a long, long time. They do it in torture techniques too. You must humiliate the victim, break them, break whatever ego they have and self-confidence they have. Many techniques, and then getting searched in the streets or subways and all the rest of it, or even treated like a, a, a suspect. All to do with a supposed war on terror, which is supposedly to do with uh, a small group of, of uh, Islamics over in Afghanistan hiding in caves. Utter farce, 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 but it doesn't matter. You see, anything to get the method into place and to get it working, that's what's important. Any excuse will do. And they create the excuses. Domestication is pretty well all throughout most of society and most countries. Common culture, that's what they decided in the 60s. It comes from Foreign Relations Annual Meeting. America would give a common culture to the world. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
really believe, even when you tell them what's coming up, even years ago when you tell them what was coming up, they deny it and deny it until the major media said something about it and basically said it in such a way that they had to think about it because the media tells you what to ponder upon and they never come to you and say your rights. And the ones that did, the few that who would, um, you tell them what's going to come down next and they say, no, that'll never happen. They're right, right back to square one again. They need the media to confirm it. Well, it's like asking uh, the person who makes the conspiracy to, to, to own up to it by asking them and saying, please. That's how silly that is. The evidence for everything stares you in the face. The evidence is in their own writings, their own books or publications, especially the, the boring stuff put out by bureaucrats and technocrats, very boring stuff. But you hit upon the gems, the paragraph here and there, where they tell you what they're up to and, and where they're going with this part or that part or whatever. And, and they basically explain the technique of... of um, the dialectic, how it works with left wings and right wings and, and upsides and downsides and how they bring them all together at the end on the same path that a conflict comes unity that's how you build up empires first you go to war with someone and then you, you, you bring the taxpayers to their knees then you get your high chutzpahs to come out and agree on a treaty and then you go and do a free trade negotiation and you amalgamate, that's how it's done you see, same technique. Uh, so you must keep people fighting, first of all, before. And fighting, I mean, heads-on, too. That's why you, why you can't take these guys head-on on anything. You, you must use their techniques. They go round the side. Go round the side. When you're looking at what you think is the enemy, they're going round the side and getting you from behind. And there's no negotiations with the boys at the top. If they seem to cave in on something... They'll have a bill passed uh, in about two or three weeks' time uh, snuck through an omnibus bill that no one reads, thousands of pages long, and called something else. doesn't matter what they call it. They don't care what they call it as long as they get all the bills through. They're determined, you see. There can be no opposition to the one. That's what all these movies are about, sci-fis, the one. Look how many, how many movies are out there that talk about the one, the one. You all think it's one hero. As they're preparing for the clashes to come down starting around next year, the more open clashes than the, the few that we've seen, that have generally been caused in the past at meetings by provocateurs, uh, but people are going to start getting clashes as the economy still goes down. It's meant to go down. You see, it's planned that way. And they've even told China to stop uh, overproducing now, start tightening the reins of products. And we're also seeing the same stuff coming down about... Um, Food, food's going to be awfully short, according to the Council on Foreign Relations Department. It's even had one whole department working on this problem for 15 years, just the food itself, to make sure that they get the, the, you know, the, the scarcity of food that they're after, to bring in the plant. Food and water is a weapon. It uses weapons. And they've been going at it for a long, long time with these so-called, so-called um, uh, non-lethal weapons. We've seen how they're using cattle prods now on the public, uh, and they call them uh, tasers, taser weapons, or play from Star Wars, or Star Trek, I should say, with their phasers. And how many folk is killed already? But it doesn't matter because, you see, nothing's going to stop them. Nothing's going to stop them getting their way. When they plan something and put it on the books, I don't care how many they'll kill or burst into flames with, which has happened, it's going to go ahead. 
they're treating the public now that you're just beasts, you see, at the bottom, you're powerless beasts, and whatever you say won't matter. In fact, they'll be looking forward to big riots in, in the future so they can really bring out the stuff and really terrify the viewers on tel- who are watching TV as to what happens to the big crowds, just to teach you another lesson. It's all psychology. Why do you think they hire the top psychologists on the planet to work for the United Nations and for governments and the military and the Pentagon? This article here is from one of their things because a new scientist obviously is one of their publications that gets you used to the idea through predictive programming and they even have so many articles on, on overpopulation it's almost like straight out of the UN the way they put things across. This thing's meant to get you used to the idea. By the way, it's written, you see, portable pain weapons, and they call it a pain weapon, may end up in police hands. Well, you bet you it's going to, they're, they're making it for the police. They've already given them the ones that, that electrocute you, and now it's time to give you the ones that roast you. 30th, the 30th of September, 2009, the Pentagon's efforts to develop a beam weapon that can deter an adversary by causing a burning sensation on their skin has taken a step forward with the development of a small, potentially potentially handheld version the weapon which is claimed to cause no permanent harm could also end up being used by police to control civilians like could 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 right could now number one uh, this stuff really is using a microwave technology and also a laser technology and uh, in other words when you roast you now now what happens if they turn on a crowd and someone passes out and this thing's still turned on what happens then? You can't get out of the way. Because that's what they're, they say they're, they're, they're expecting you to do. You can just get out of the way. What happens when you just get bashed on the head with a truncheon or something? Or they've just tasered you as well. And you're lying there and they're using these weapons. The idea of the weapon is to create a heating sensation that repels individual adversaries. According to the Joint Non-Lethal Weapons Directorate. Sounds very Soviet, doesn't it? Joint Non-Lethal Weapons Directorate. The giant LWD and Twentigo. Virginia, which develops less lethal weapons for the U.S. military and Coast Guard. Now, this is just a scaled-down handheld model of what they tested in Iraq, and I put the link up before when a busload of people uh, were given the full-scale treatment, and literally their organs and everything, according to the surgeons, you'll hear on the link, the surgeons saying uh, they couldn't believe it. It's as though scaffolds had ripped them open, and their organs were all over the bus. This is just a scaled-down version, that's all, by the same companies. Tests with rifle-mounted infrared laser carried out at a U.S. Air Force lab near Dayton, Ohio, have determined a combination of laser pulse power and wavelength that causes an alarming hot sensation of the skin, but which stops short of causing a burn, as if you move, says JNLWD project engineer Wesley Burgey. I guess he loves his work, eh? I guess he loves his work. Probably has barbecue all the time. We have established the minimum irradiance to cause a sensation and have characterized where thermal injury begins, he says, by the exact operating irradiance, which balances a useful military effect with a conservative margin of safety, has not been nailed down yet. That's like they're telling us about the flu. Yeah, they shall help you, it may kill you. Help you, it may kill you. <laughs> Wonderfully. That's something that will have to be done before the weapon is deployed as too powerful a laser beam could permanently blind someone if fired at their eyes. 
uh, I remember in, in the 70s a guy from the Marines in Britain told me that they were testing the stuff out then. It says, weapons that do this are banned under the UN protocol on blinding laser weapons. Yes, so is the hollow point bullets. So is harp using it on your own, for warfare purposes, but you're allowed to use all of these things on your own citizens under the United Nations. How misleading that little statement was there, eh? Bajay says it's possible to create a beam that will affect the skin without damaging the current cornea and do so at a wavelength that does not penetrate to the retina and would therefore be retina safe. Retina safe, as if you can move. The Pentagon researchers say they can create a beam that will affect skin without damaging the cornea. So they can roast your skin and leave your eyes okay. <laughs> but anyway, that's how they put out their PR stuff and get you used to the idea. Not that you have to, because you find a lot of youngsters who watch the cartoons and all the sci-fi stuff are, are already conditioned that this stuff's coming up because they see it used in the, in the fictional versions in their movies after years. That's what part of Hollywood's function is in predictive programming. And the other night I read about a young girl who died right after getting the Cervarix injection, supposedly the one that may prevent uh, certain types of uh, venereal warts, basically. Now, that's what it should be really called, as it used to be, um, from causing cancer, as they may do, may possibly, if, etc. And remember, I mentioned the massive money that went into creating that, uh, get every government to mandate it across the planet. That's trillions of dollars. Because young girls are growing up all the time, and new generations are born all the time, and they get old enough to get the jab. So every year they're guaranteed millions and millions of young girls that will get this jab. They also wanted to give it to boys and get governments to mandate that too. Do you think, and I said last night, do you think thousands of deaths are going to stop? No way, no way. And they'll do all kinds of dirty tricks to cover up the post-mortems, the autopsies, etc. And, and lots of payoffs because that's the way it works in the real world. And this is from LRC blog, basically saying what I said last night. It says, it's October the 2nd, 2009, Big Pharma Covering Up Deaths. It says, a precious, a precious innocent child's life came to a cruel sudden end. And he's talking about the Wall Street Journal, which I, and I'll read a little bit afterwards, and the, the smammy way they, they try to glorify this thing. Oh, it wasn't just the jab after all. It killed. The Wall Street Journal reports that Natalie Morton, who died in England shortly following a cervarix injection, did not die from the vaccination. The Wall Street Journal, in fact, almost appears to be swaggering behind its words. So you see, says the Wall Street Journal, there's no need to fear to, or stop the H1N1 vaccination program. There are pathology reports that absolve the vaccination and its maker. The HPV vaccinations are perfectly safe, as are the swine flu jabs. Thank goodness, I feel better already. The pathology report states that she had an undiagnosed condition that was so severe that death could have arisen at any point. And what was that condition? A tumour in her chest involving her heart and her lungs. A sudden tumour. I guess you got out in the waiting room. <laughs> a tumour. Don't like the British spellings. That just suddenly lashed out at her and attacked and killed her after producing no symptoms of a cancer tumour whatsoever. Is there a single person who is dumb enough to swallow this very inadequate version of her death? I wonder. I wonder. What do you think out there? 
which, as I mentioned the other day, that GlaxoSmithKline is working to get approval to sell Cervarix to the U.S. to compete against Merck's Gardasil. Of course, they wouldn't allow a truthful report of this death caused by the vaccination to be revealed and thus deny its approval in the U.S., causing the loss of billions of dollars in revenue streams. As Mike Adams says, this explanation is obviously a cover story to protect the vaccine industry. And it's not even a convincing cover story at that. Remember, this is a global vaccination program with mandates growing at billions of dollars at stake. And it gives you a piece here from the Wall Street Journal. I'll put both links up to the Wall Street's article and this one here, critiquing the, the article. Says, that sad case is a reminder. This is the Wall Street Journal's journal. This sad case is a reminder to be wary of confusing proximity and time with cause and effect a concept public health officials have been citing in advance of the imminent rollout of the swine flu vaccine. That's true. They're telling us, well, yeah, there's, there's heart attacks and strokes and that happening all the time. Yeah, don't, 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 don't think it was suddenly the vaccine they just got that killed you. And it's true, we're getting prepared for the fallout of the vaccine. But I wonder who, uh, who had the contact in the Wall Street Journal to, to, to this incredible gloating report of how wonderful this thing is. As I say, you know, who's dumb enough to swallow this story? And remember, as I said, after the, the, the big demonstrations in London, earlier on in the year, uh, when uh, Mr. Tomlinson was going back from work and he was beaten up by the police and it was caught on video, the, the home office, is like, the, it's like you're, that's the home of, that is all the British laws, that's the top one, it's like FEMA, or Homeland Security, put in their own, own uh, autopsy specialist who said that, oh, he had a heart attack. After getting beaten up, he had a heart attack. That's what killed him. Nothing to do with the beaten up. And it took months before an independent inquiry got in to see the body, did their autopsy, and said, no way of whatsoever. This, the, all this blood and the cavities and the, the abdomen and so on was caused by uh, injury from outside. You think they don't lie about things like this? There's so many bucks. You know something? With the trillions they expect... Trillions, they expect, when governments are mandating that everyone gets this. And believe you me, after they've got it rolling, they'll say, oh, you have to get it every two or three years. They thought it was more effective, but you got to get You wait and see. Getting a person a bribe, which they do all the time, of $10 billion to lie is nothing, nothing to them, nothing at all. As to what they're going to reap, nothing at all. That's the real world. That is the real world. And they cover up all, all the time. All the time. And here is the Wall Street Journal on the health blog. The cervical cancer vaccine didn't kill the UK teenager. An apparently healthy teenage girl gets a cervical cancer vaccine and drops dead a few hours later. Did the vaccine cause the death? Not in the UK case we mentioned earlier this week. An autopsy found that Natalie Morton died of a previously undiagnosed tumour in her chest, the BBC reports. That sad case is a reminder to be wary of confusing proximity and time with cause and effect, a concept public health officials have been citing in advance of the imminent rollout of the swine flu vaccine. As the Centre for Disease Control chief recently pointed out, there will be people who get a swine flu shot and suddenly drop dead a few hours later. Pregnant women will get the vaccine and go on to have miscarriages. In those situations, he said, we need to know very clearly how many we would expect if the vaccine doesn't cause any problems whatsoever. 
only if the number of sudden deaths, miscarriages or other health problems is significantly higher than expected in those receiving the vaccine, is there an indication that the vaccine may be to blame? And believe you me, they should attack on and they'll cover this up for years how many are dying over it because I've done this before with other things. Then it says, no such serious problems have been detected in clinical trials of the H1N1 vaccine. Which again is misleading because they're talking about the regular flu shot here. Because the H1N1 slash 9 is the, the swine flu one they're bringing out. Beautiful propaganda piece by the experts, you know, at the Wall Street Journal. And that's all we need to know, isn't it? The EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, is going again with a global agenda to cut out. And I said this years ago, when the U.S. is finishing off its mission to standardize the last few countries into the one system, they'll be pulling the rug from underneath the people back home. That's exactly what's happening. Uh, the, 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 the unemployment in the States is just going up and up and up and up. As it's meant to happen. And here's the Environmental Protection Agency aims to cut emissions at factories and power plants. That's the ones that are left, they're talking about, the rest are in China. And that came out about because of the, the, uh, the agreement, like the GATT Treaty, to get their factories over in China. So the last few ones that are left are going to be put under by incredible restrictions on uh, greenhouse gases. Back with more after this break. Cutting through the matrix, reading an article from from the USA Today to do with the Environmental Protection Agency, which is going to really put the last few factories under, which is a plan, of course, uh, by claiming that they, if they can't meet their their uh, quotas for cutting emissions, greenhouse gas emissions, those greenhouse gases, uh, then uh, they'll be heavily, heavily fined and so on, out of business, basically. And it says, we are not going to continue with business as usual any longer. We have tools and technology to move forward today, and we are using them, said Lisa Jackson, Administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency. The EPA would oversee the rule. Then it says that the EPA's plan will grind economic growth to a halt in cities and communities across America, said Senator James Inhofe, Republican from Oklahoma an opponent of climate change action. Well, that's the dialectic again, because you see it's all BS, this whole climate change nonsense to begin with, and carbon dioxide nonsense too. Now I'll go to Z from New York, if Z's on the phone. Are you there, Z? Hi, Alan. Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can, yeah. Hey, thank you for taking my call, man. Long time no here. I hope you're doing well. How's Hamish? Oh, he's, he's happy as can be. He likes the cooler weather because he's pretty hairy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting some really cold weather uh, here as well. Hey, I have a question for you. It's kind of unrelated to this uh, subject of vaccination, but it has to deal with the uh, American police force. Have you heard of this? Yes. Uh, it's a new private company. That's well, right. With what a double-headed uh, Masonic eagle, yeah. <laughs> as a well, yes. That blew my mind when I saw that. That is actually an exact replica of a Serbian national symbol. Yes, it is. Oh, that's right. I've known Serbs who pointed that out to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you know anything about this 4S 
thing. Uh, you know, the Cyrillic alphabet, the C is an S that's in the middle, and Serbs used to have a saying, you know, 4S, you know, chat the S. Which, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I've been told that before, yeah. Yeah. Do you know anything about that? And I'll take your uh, answer off the, uh, off the phone. Thank you so much. Yes. I'd have to hunt it up because I've got actually an email from, from a, a, a guy from that country uh, but from about a year ago, and I saved it, I think, where he explained the whole thing to me. And he lived through the communist era as well. And uh, he's pointing out these similarities to me. But you're quite right. Uh, the main thing is the logo and, and the double-headed eagle, which is the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, of course. And uh, it's, it's right in your face. Uh, it's interesting, too, the guy who owns the company uh, has been convicted of various crimes before, embezzlement and so on. But it's obviously got big boys backing them because they're, they're still letting these companies go ahead and privatize different police forces. To be honest with you, though, I don't think it makes any difference because technically your police force is a corporation anyway. People don't realize that is a corporation. It's registered as a corporation uh, under commerce, by the way. But it's so is a whole legal system. It's a money-making venture. And the cops' jobs is to bring them in. But I'll try and dig up that uh, explanation uh, of that exact symbol you're talking about because I do have it here and it is very interesting and it's interesting too that so many people from uh, that country have, have know the same story about it and what it all means and have for years and years but it's been kept so quiet interesting indeed you know uh, when you see the same symbols used over and over and over again down through the ages especially when it comes from the so-called higher cult, especially when it's used by societies with secrets today, there's obviously a connection. But then the police is a brotherhood, and every cop is advised to become a Freemason, definitely in the, in the British Commonwealth countries, because they can lie on behalf of each other to protect each other in court. It's like an insurance policy. That's what they're told. Well, from Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with.